One of the things that happened while I was away over the last six months was I had a birthday. And, you know, I apologize for everyone who had a birthday from November to April. Uh, can you just raise your hand if you had a birthday from November to April? Just raise your hand if you had a birthday. Yep, yep, yep. Happy birthday. Okay. <laughs> Okay, I would have loved to have said it on your birthday, I just wasn't here, so happy birthday to you, and happy birthday to me. And it was a big birthday for me. Uh, I, I turned a century, not century, I turned a decade. I'm a bit rusty today, hey. It only gets better. I turned the big four zero. I know, I know, people are like, oh, Pastor Steve, you look so young. I was like, yes, I know, I'm blessed. <laughs> One of, my, one of my kids said yes to me, Dad, is it your birthday? And I said, it was my birthday before. He said, Dad, how old are you? I said, how old do you think I am? He's 27. <laughs> and I said, correct. <laughs> one of the things, you know, and turning 40, you know, and I think 40 is the new 30 and 50 is the new 40, so it's all right. It doesn't matter how old you are. One of the things as I reflected in the last six months and had this opportunity to take some time to think about my life, and that's one of the things that I did in six months. I didn't just travel. I didn't just play. I didn't just put on weight. I thought about it all while it was happening, right? But one of the things I really reflected on was my 30s, my last 10 years, 10 years of the chapel, 10 years of family, 10 years of ministry, 10 years of work, 10 years of everything, and one of the things that kept coming back to me as a recurring theme was this, I am not in control. Every time I thought I was in control, every time I thought I knew what I was doing, boom, something came, something came around. And what was interesting was, as I reflected on the six months, there were these few moments in my life, there were these few days in my life that just stood out. I just want to share one of those days with you. Uh, some of you would know, some of you were there, and some of you may know this story, and that's okay, but I figured I haven't been here for six months, like, I don't even know half of you, so it's like, well, you know, let's get to know each other again. April 14, 2018, just a normal Saturday night, my wife goes to the shops and comes back, and I open the door, and she goes, honey, I need to tell you something. You need to sit down. And for all husbands, you know, that's never a good thing. Never has a wife said, honey, you need to sit down. I need to tell you something. I won the lotto. You know, like, it's never a positive thing, right? So I go, okay, here we go. She goes, honey, I'm pregnant. And I was like, wait a minute. One, two, three. Four? But the problem was this. For many people, when their wife tells them, I'm pregnant, it's a story of joy. You know, it's so much jubilation, you know. But for me, it was different because I already had three kids. And in my plan, I only had three kids, right? My youngest, Anna, she had just started school. And so it was, it was so good. All three kids in school, sleeping at night, no nappies, right? It was like, this is why you have kids, to get them out of the house, you know? And then suddenly, when I had tasted this freedom, 
And all the mums here, I know you're, you're laughing inside. You all know what I'm talking about. Suddenly, my wife says, I'm pregnant. And for those that some of you were around at the time, you know what happened to me. I went to some really dark places. Um, it, it, it's like as I was reflecting, this was just something that just kept coming up. What was funny was the very next day, because that was Saturday night, the very next day, Sunday, I had to preach. And I get up to preach, and this is still fresh in my mind. My wife is pregnant. There is another one on the way, right? And I get up to preach, and I get up to preach the passage that I'm about to preach today. And it's from Proverbs chapter 3, verse 5 to 6. And as much as this is a beautiful passage, for a moment, think about it through my situation on that day. Because it reads this, Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways submit to Him, and He will make your path straight. And can I tell you, that was the worst sermon that I've ever preached in my life. Do you know why? Because I kept reading that verse going, This is rubbish. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Lean not on your own understanding and all your ways submit to Him and He will make your path straight. And I'm reading this thinking, God, is, is this how you're making my path straight? It doesn't seem very straight. Seems like windy. Seems backwards. Doesn't seem straight at all. It's rubbish. And sadly, after, after that, the next three months, I went through some really dark really, that was for effect, really depressing times. I felt like my life was falling around me. One of the few moments where once again I realized that I had no control in my life. See, when, when you're good, when life is good, right? When you read Proverbs 3, 5 to 6, we call this a smiley verse. Right? When life is good, you smile at it and it smiles back at you. Trust in the Lord. Amen. He will make your path straight. Amen. But you know what? When you're in the dumps, when you go through a difficult time and you read that verse, it doesn't feel encouraging at all. It feels like rubbish. And that's where I found myself in 2018. The word trust means a firm belief in the reliability, truth, and ability or strength of someone or something. It's a word that we, we understand, but we don't understand. It's a word that we use every day. Because in life, we have things that we trust, whether we know it or not. When you walked into this building, you trust you trusted in the structural integrity of this building or else you wouldn't have walked in. When you sat down on your chair, on your brand new chair, nice new chairs, you trusted, without even thinking, you trusted in the stability of that chair. That's why you sat down. Because if there was an ounce of doubt, you wouldn't have sat down on that chair. See, this is what it means when we are called to trust God with our lives. It's to trust His character, who He is, His ability, what He can do, and His reliability that He will show up. Scripture tells us that 
the wisest thing that we can do in our lives, not the smartest, the wisest thing that we can do is to trust in God. It's not about what you can do. It's not about what you can achieve. It's not about how smart you can be. Actually, the Bible tells us that the wisest thing that we can do is to not trust ourselves, but to trust God. Whether it's your marriage, your life, your family, your career, your finances, your health, your well-being, your situation, your struggles, no matter what it is. The Bible tells us that the wisest thing is for you to trust God, which means that what God says is higher than anything else. That's why the next line in the, in the verse says, Lean not on your own understanding. Trust in the Lord with all your heart, but lean not on you. At uh, this time, we, uh, my family and I, we traveled to Korea. And so... Uh, one of the new experiences that we had had in Korea was uh, we had access to a car. Now, just imagine, and if you've been to Korea before, you'll understand this, or even sort of anywhere in Southeast Asia, imagine driving where uh, the rules are there. There are rules. Just most people don't know what those rules are, right? And Korea's got a lot better. Anyway, we would usually, as a family, we would, you know, public transport it, you know, everywhere here and there, right? But we had access to a car, so we thought, okay, five kids, it's just easier to drive. Great. The one thing that we couldn't do without, I couldn't do without, right, while driving was what? It was the navigation system, right? I don't live in Korea. Every road in Korea looks the same, right? And here's the problem. Every street sign is in Korean. And that's a problem when you're not good at Korean. Right? It's something, something road. Something, something road. Right? And so, literally, I would put it in my navigation system where I'm going. And whatever it said, I had to follow it. Right? Because I just had no other choice. There was no way for me to get to where I wanted to get to if I didn't follow that navigation system. See? Watch. My full trust was in that navigation system. I had no choice, but I had to trust whatever the navigation system said I had to believe was the truth. Right? Now, if there was a glitch in the system, right, or I pressed some funny button and ended up somewhere else, that's just where I would have ended up. There was no questioning what the navigation system was saying to me because I had no other choice. But do you know when you get in trouble with navigation systems? Firstly, when your trust wanders away. When you start thinking to yourself, you know what? I've been here. I know this place. I don't need to look at the navigation system, right? When you start thinking that you know more than the navigation system, Right? So, so suddenly it's like, oh, you know what? I don't need to trust the navigation system. What am I going to trust? I'm going to trust myself. Right? That's how you get yourself in trouble. But that's what happens in our life. God says, trust me. Don't trust yourself. Don't lean on your own understanding. But the problem is we start thinking we know. 
We start thinking, oh, I'm in control. You know, I got this. And then what happens? Life happens. And suddenly we're in trouble. Why? Because we weren't following the navigation system of God. Right? Regardless of where God is taking us, you know, our trust in God disappears and we're suddenly trusting in ourselves. And let's, let's be honest. When you start trusting in yourself, how, how, really, how good does that go for you? It doesn't matter. I don't care if you tell me you're the smartest person in the room. I don't care if you tell me that you have everything under control. The reality of our lives is this. None of us have control. None of us know what tomorrow has planned. You might plan. There's nothing wrong with that. But when your plans and when you think that you know more than God himself and you start trusting in yourself and in your own plans, it's trouble. Trouble without an answer. See, this is what happened to me when Mel told me that she was pregnant. I thought, you know what, my kids are older now, I'm ready. I'm ready to do this, now I can do this, now I'm going to do this, now I'm going to do this. And suddenly, life happened. Should have known, right? My wife, just the most fertile woman ever existed. You know, I should have known. But I wasn't, I had no answer. I got myself into trouble, I had no answer. And that's why it was so difficult. And you know what's funny? At the end of the day, I even complained to God. I said, God, how dare you? I'm trying to serve you. I'm trying to do everything. How dare you? And one of my friends, he comes and we were talking and he was helping me through this. He goes, Steve, what are you complaining about? Like your plans? Like God messed up your plans? That's what you're complaining about? God, the creator of the heaven and earth, who made the sun, the moon, the stars, who gave you life, you're complaining to him about your plans? So when he said that to me, it it made a little bit of sense, right? I was like, oh, okay. Silly, right? Silly. As if I knew more than God. As if my plans were better than God's plans, right? First reason why we get ourselves into trouble is when our trust wanders away from God. Second reason why we get ourselves into trouble is when we are half committed to trusting God. Verse 6 reads, In all your ways submit to Him, not some of your ways. You know, it's funny, right? The reality is this. You can't follow God and you can't trust God with half of your heart. It's like being married. You know, congratulations to Andy and Quinn. First week back after getting married. Andy smiling. Quinn not smiling as much. I'm just saying it's, that's reality, okay? <laughs> no, she was smiling. She's joking. She's not smiling. Joking. Imagine someone got married and said, you know, I commit to you from Wednesday to Friday. How well is that marriage going to go? I commit to you only when you're nice to me. I commit to you when 
you do the chores in sickness and in health for richer or for richer. You know, like, it doesn't work. You know, for those that are in business, you know. How good is it when you start a business half-heartedly? <laughs> it's guaranteed failure. So why is it? Why is it that we think that following God, we can do it half-heartedly? Why is it that we think that it's okay to do it like that? It's ridiculous. It doesn't make sense. Imagine, go back to my navigation story, right? Imagine I half-heartedly followed the navigation system. I'm driving and it goes, turn right in 100. And luckily my navigation system was in English. If it was in Korean, it'd be, I don't know where I'd end up. All right, turn right. And I'm like, yeah, all right, I'll turn right. Turn left. Oh, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll just keep going. How do you think that's going to end up? You know, it's funny, right? 50 roads, right? 50 roads. You get distracted by one road. You, you don't submit that one road. You don't end up where you're meant to go. How can we, how can we trust God half-heartedly? It doesn't work. You know, my job, my job is to not um, manipulate you to believe in God. My job is to tell you what it means to believe in God. And my job is to challenge you to do it. And if you're going to do it, do it well. Now, here's the thing. If you don't want to believe in God... If you don't want to trust in God, if you don't want Him to lead you, that's fine. That's your decision, right? I can't make that decision for you. But if, if, if that's not the case, right? If, if you're like, you know what, I don't, know, I don't think this God thing is for me, that's cool. Go enjoy a beautiful sunny Sunday. But I think what's more, most dangerous and frustrating is are people that are like, you know what, I'm going to follow God, but not really. If that was ever to happen in a marriage, I'm going to get married. I'm going to commit to this person, but maybe only half the time. You know it's not going to work. Being committed to a sport, being committed to the gym, right? That's my relationship with the gym. I'm committed. I support financially, you know? But am I really committed? Am I really, you know, sold on what the gym offers for me, or obviously no. But some of you are like that with God. Some of you are like that with God. And sometimes it's not necessarily like you're just being like, oh, I don't know, maybe today, maybe tomorrow. For some of you, it's like when it gets hard. For some of you, it's a very real situation, right? It's easy to follow God when life's good. But when it gets hard, you're like, oh, maybe I'll just do my own thing. Maybe I'll just try to get myself out of it. And I'm telling you, friends, you're the one that got yourself into the trouble. God's the one that's going to help you out. Don't play church. Don't play Christianity. If you're in, be in. If you're out, be out. It's okay. You don't turn up next week. I don't take it personally. 
I don't, I don't go home and I, I don't look at the list. I don't go to live stream and I, I don't, you know, look at everyone's faces and go, oh, did, they, did that person come? Did that, oh, they didn't come. You know, I'm not, you know, honestly, I love you. But if you don't come, that's okay. That's life. That's your choice. All right, but if you're in, be in. In all your ways, submit to him. In all your ways, submit to him. One of the things about trust is like, it, it's, it's hard because you can't wake up one morning and go, I'm really going to trust today. Bang, life's change. Trust is like a muscle. Sadly, like real muscles, they don't turn up overnight. They don't turn up when you join the gym. They don't turn up when you walk past the gym. They don't turn up when you pay for the gym. You actually have to go and have to work out every day. Every day. You need to exercise trust every day for that trust to grow. And that was the next season of my life after accepting the fact that my wife was going to have a fourth child. And it was, okay, God, if this is going to happen, what's going to happen? What's the plan? What are you going to do? And I had to struggle. I struggled with that with God over and over again. And I tell you, trusting in God doesn't happen overnight. You're not going to hear this sermon and suddenly walk out and go, you know what, I'm going to submit my life to Jesus and, and my life is going to be changed. You know what, most likely tomorrow morning you're going to wake up, you're going to feel the same. But tomorrow morning, if you wake up and you ask, ask yourself the question, God, I'm ready to submit my life to you. What would you desire today? And then the next day, you ask the same thing. And then the next day, you ask the same thing. And days become weeks, weeks become months, months become years. Years become decades, decades becomes your life. That's how trust goes. And here's the beauty of God and the beauty of trusting God on and on and on. It is this, that God is faithful. Meaning that he will be there. He will show up regardless of what you're going through. Whether you're high on a mountain or down in the valley. The final part of verse 6 and the final part of this passage says this. And he will make your path straight. Love that part. God says, trust me. Lean not on yourself. Submit to me. And I will make your path straight. Not God says, hey, you trust me, you'll work it out. You trust me, you'll know what the answer is. No, God says, hey, you trust me, I'll work it out for you. I'll, I'll make that path straight. He doesn't tell us that if we trust him that we have to forge our own way. He literally says to us that he'll work it out. He'll answer our prayers. He'll hear our cries. He will map out the future of our lives. That's the beauty of our God. He's a faithful God. He has never let down his people. Now, he may give you something that you don't want. He might take you a direction that you might not be expecting. But as a good father and as a loving God, he gives to you exactly what you need. So, fast forward a few months, December 7, 2018, my fourth son was born. And he was a blessing. And he's even a blessing. So, Zach, that's Zach. Great. Right? Great story, Steve. Right, what, a, what a great story, Steve. You know, you were in the dumps, and then God changed you, and then you're like, 
accepted it and then you accepted that God was going to make your path straight. And you know what? If, if the story finished there, even then, what a great story. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. Right? But I actually want to share with you because there's another chapter to show because most of you know. Uh, you know, mid-2021. <laughs> I know some of you, you've heard this story and it's still funny, right? Same with me. Every time I share this story, I still have a joke, right? Mid-2021, our fourth son is about one and a half, right? My wife starts complaining about her health. I don't feel very good. I have, you know, this symptom, this symptom, this symptom, this symptom. And as I'm listening to these symptoms, I'm going, okay, that sounds really similar to if you were pregnant. How come but you're not pregnant? You, you can't be pregnant. Why? Why is that? Because Mel was on the pill, right? The contraceptive pill. Now, if you don't know what a contraceptive pill is, ask Mel later, okay? Okay? She was so committed to the pill that even in her own mind, pregnancy was just not an option. And we completely ruled it out. So she was just sick. We just didn't know why. A month later, she's like, I need, to go talk, I, need, I need to go see the doctor. Yeah, right, let's go see the doctor. It's not getting better. And then she goes, you know what? I'm just going to go do a pregnancy test just to rule it out. It's ridiculous, right? So in the middle of like, you know, sophisticated Macquarie Center, <laughs> she goes to the bathroom, pees on a stick, comes back out. I still remember I was in front of Big W., and she's walking towards me with this smile. And she's had this smile exactly five times before, right? And I was like, no. <laughs> and she looks at me and she starts laughing. This like, you know, like crazy women laugh? Like, like you know, I can't even do it, right? And I was like, you have got to be beep, 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 beep. Can't say it. Do you know what the probability of conceiving while on the pill is? It's 0.03%. If you ever want to know who that 0.03% looks like, right here, okay? Crazy. Crazy, right? But here's the real story. Here's the miracle. When... I saw my wife laughing. And I realized, oh my goodness, there is another one. Five. Here's the miracle. Unlike my experience, you know, two years before that, my heart at that moment was filled with so much joy. It was the complete opposite to my experience when Mel said she was pregnant with four. Do you know why? Because I knew what it meant to trust God. Because of what I had gone through with number four and the down in the dumps and the depression and all of that, 
and knowing how God had held me in that moment. And after the baby was born, and we just, it, it, God just worked it out. God just made the path straight. And so unlike my previous experience, I just knew that when I trusted God like I did last time, that he would really look after me. That he would show up like he did. And I knew that as the scriptures say that children are a blessing from the Lord, I believed with all my heart knowing that this child would be a blessing to me and our family. And at that moment, I prayed to God, God, thank you. Thank you for blessing me. I'm excited to see how you're going to bless me. And God, no more. <laughs> Five is blessing enough, Lord. <laughs> so here I am. After five kids, crazy, right? Crazy. Who the heck has five kids, right? I am where I am because of God and because he made my path straight. Friend, every time I look, every time I think about the last 10 years of my life and I see these moments where I thought, you know what, I'm in control. I know what I'm doing. I got this. I look back and I realize, man, that's, that's when I got myself into trouble. The very moment I veered away from trusting God, started trusting in myself, that's when I got myself into trouble. Because you know what? Even when you trust God, it's not to say that trouble doesn't exist. You know, sometimes God takes us through valleys. Sometimes God takes us through hard seasons. But the beauty of it, the difference is this. When you trust God, if he's taking you in, you'll know he's going to take you out. You know that there's an end. You know he's got a plan outside of it for you. But when you trust in yourself, then it's up to you to get yourself out of the hole that you've dug. And I'm telling you, friend, that's a difficult life. It's a horrible life. Waking up every morning thinking, man, I don't know what to do. I don't know how I'm going to resolve this. But when we trust God, He will make your path straight. So the conclusion to my six months was this. The same God that was, that was with me for 40 years, through every up and down, through every child, 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 through every high and low, the same God that allows me to stand here before you today, I trust will be here for me in the next 40 years of my life. So that's my story. But this applies to you. I know, and you know, as I said, I'm back. I'm, you know, I'm looking forward to catching up with everyone. I'm sure in six months a lot's happened for a lot of people. 
But no matter what you're, no matter what you're going through, right? The same God that loves me and looks after me is the same God that loves you, looks after you. The same God that says, hey, trust me. Don't, don't lean on yourself. Don't lean on your skills. Don't lean on your experience. Trust me. Don't lean on yourself. Submit to me. I will make your path straight. And I know for some of you, You've gone through some really rough times and last six months has been horrible. I know. But can I tell you, even in those moments, even in those moments, the solution is not I need to do better, I need to be better. The solution does not lie within yourself. The solution lies in heaven with God. And as we continue to submit all of our ways to him, including your plans, your hurts, your drama, the brokenness inside of you, God says, give it to me. Submit it to me. All of it. Trust me. I've got you. Trust me. I've got you. So my prayer when I turned 40 was this, God. Help me to trust you with my life. Help me to not lean on myself. Oh, I'm 40 years old. I've got 40 years of experience. Chapel's 10 years old. Look, at, look where we're now. You know. Help me to not lean on that. Help me to submit to you all of my ways, including our 10 years, including our church, including our family. And to trust that God, the creator of the heavens and earth, God who created you and I, God who knows you and I better than we know ourselves, that he will make your path straight. And that is my prayer for you this morning. That is my prayer for our church, is that it would not be about us and what we can and can't do, but it's about God and what he's done for you. Let's pray.